Food can become a sore spot or a power struggle in so many of our homes. Today, we are going to break down some French eating habits that can help change our family's relationship with food. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I am a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and one. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids ages 10, 8, 5, and 2. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Okay, so I'm going to start off with our facepalm today. And I actually do have a facepalm. And that is that... I don't know if anyone who has listened to our past episode remembers the episode where I claimed that my kids never put their pants on backwards. <laughs> yes. Well, um, Lennon apparently heard me say that and has now decided he's going to put his pants on backwards every single day <laughs> to get purpose. back at me. <laughs> no, he didn't really. Oh. But since that episode, I have multiple pictures in my phone. I'm making a montage of all the pictures of Lennon with his pants on backwards now. Probably five so far. And that's only been how many weeks? <laughs> and it's so funny because it's obviously summer. So he has so many of the little shorts with like the drawstrings. Uh-huh. So he'll just that's come out so and have like cute. two drawstrings sticking out the back. That's so cute. Like a little tail. <laughs> yeah, Didn't he the day we recorded this podcast and you said that? Didn't when we went to the park that day for lunch? Didn't he have them on backwards that day? Yeah. It's like... In it the, like is out there The now. radio waves. Yeah. Totally <laughs> Like, Len, you just ruined my whole claim to perfect front pants. Like, <laughs> ruined it. Do any of them have pockets, like back pockets that are now in the front? No, and that's the, the thing that's I... That's the best. He hasn't put on, like, a jean pant backwards. Oh, okay. But he's really only into the comfy shorts right now. Gotcha. And they're all backwards. <laughs> gotcha. So my five-year-old used to always... He had like a, sorry guys, that was just a, you know, a little text message in the background. Um, he would always, when he was like, when he was Lennon's age, wear his, his shorts backwards and then he'd stuff, he was, had an obsession with eggs. Oh my God. So he'd like put raw eggs. Oh <laughs> and On then purpose. they'd break. Oh And my. he'd just have like little, not all the time, but like many times. I can picture his cute little self <laughs> with little front pockets, just like <laughs> dripping <Broken> egg. <laughs> So then we started boiling eggs, and now luckily he's obsessed with eating boiled eggs, so it's worked out, but anyway. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> so funny. That's hilarious. Oh, kids kids are, are so weird. They come with the weirdest stuff. Yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> mine, since now we're just kind of, we're, we're trying out just saying whatever we have for the week. Mine is a face palm also. <laughs> Double palm week. Um, It started out great. Last night, I took my five-year-old on a date. What is happening? Oh my goodness, I'm so hard. Terrellin. Honestly. <laughs> anyway, back to my date last night with my five-year-old. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. I like swear I turned off my phone. And it says Mew. I don't know what it's doing. <laughs> anyway, so I took my five-year-old on a date, and it was so amazing. We had this delicious meal. We played at this place. We then were like hunting. We became firework hunters because it was the 24th of July yesterday, which, no, sorry, two days ago. 
which means in Utah, it's like our state holiday. So people are like doing fireworks everywhere. So we were just driving around with the top off our Jeep just, and he'd like see fireworks going off somewhere and we'd go and we'd like chase them and park and climb on the top of the Jeep and snuggle and watch them, which was amazing. We found this one, I swear it was like a city production oh fireworks, gosh. but it was at somebody's house. It was amazing. Anyway, so it was like this amazing, I'm feeling like connected. It was so great. So we got home a little late. Everybody in my house is asleep. And guys, I have a problem. <laughs> if my husband isn't there, my husband's so good at being like, I'm tired, going to bed. And I like to snuggle. So I'm like, great, okay. I'll go to bed too. Yeah. But he was already asleep. So there was no one there <laughs> to help me actually have the self-control to go to sleep. So I made the mistake. And guys, this is breaking all my rules. So this is admitting something to you guys. And I, I've had this problem before. So clearly it's a recurring problem. <laughs> but I made the mistake of somehow I... I was checking Facebook on my phone after I'd brushed my teeth and I decided, you know, I'm just going to look through my own profile. Like I, I like never look at my own profile mm -hmm. ever. I think it's been like years. Mm -hmm. So I just started scrolling through, which I've been on Facebook for a long time. So I have like years and years of stuff and I'm yeah. like laughing and crying <laughs> and like <laughs> going through like, you know, like great memories and like scary memories and like all the people who like sent me prayers and love and I'm yeah. like feeling all, it was amazing guys two hours go by oh my god it took that long to go through and then like all my kids is they're little yes i mean it goes like all the way back to when my first was a baby oh so i'm like loving it but it was one in the morning oh my god we're waking up at five to come <laughs> to come record. the thing is you still got up at five i would have texted you and said i'm sorry let's meet at eight <laughs> guys that is such a face phone because that is not setting healthy limits like we've talked <laughs> And that is me just being like, oh, nobody's here to help me go to bed. So I'm what, five years old and I'm going to not show any self-restraint. But it was lovely. Aww. And I was feeling very connected to your life. <laughs> yes. Just reviewing my life and feeling very pleased. <laughs> it was so funny though. Because I seriously was like That's by myself awesome. in the bathroom, just like laughing and like sometimes like getting teary-eyed. It was ridiculous. I love that. But, wow, guys. I've face palm all the way. And I the face palm truly came this morning when my alarm went off. Yes. And I'm like right in the middle of a sleep cycle. Like I'm like, I have no idea where I am, right? Like I'm stumbling across the room <laughs> trying to like, where am I? Anyway. Yep. That's how I was. I woke up in the middle of an intense dream this morning. Definitely sleep cycle interrupted. Did you have MySpace? When? No, I never had MySpace. Oh, I found my old MySpace one time. Frightening. <laughs> Frightening. Were you in high school or Deleted high? quickly. Um, probably late junior high. Probably okay. late junior high, early high school maybe. Because I, I think was a little late coming to the Facebook game. I only came on for like a specific event that everybody's mm -hmm. like, you have to get on so you even know what's happening for mm -hmm. this group. And so I felt like I was kind of like coming to the social media game. And Ooh, that was I was 10 it. years ago. But. See, I loved, I loved MySpace. And when Facebook started, I said, I told some people, why? You can't choose your top people. You can't change the color of your background. Like I love MySpace because mm -hmm. it was, but obviously now I like it all. I do enjoy social media. Okay. Today we are going to talk about eating. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we have gotten a lot of questions about um, kind of power struggles, <clears throat> defiance with eating, or just having a hard time with picky eaters, your kids not eating all the things with eating. And, and eating is such a big <clears throat> deal because we all have it's to It's huge. <laughs> like we can't escape this. Exactly. <laughs> it's part of it. And the relationship with it is so important for our life. 
So we're going to do a couple episodes. This episode, we're going to focus on kids and your family. And then next episode, we're going to talk a little more into our own relationship with food. So my, when people ask, what book should I read when they have, when they are going to have a kid? I always put this one on my list. So today we're going we're going to talk exclusively about the book French Kids Eat Everything. Oh boy, who's the author? By Karen Le Bion. Yeah. I don't know if that's how you say her name. Oh, I wish I could speak French. <laughs> this no, book made me want to it's so speak pretty. French. It's, oh, it's so, so pretty. pretty. But it's spelled yeah. L E space B I L L O N. Okay. So I yeah. think Bion. Okay, we'll link it, obviously. Um So this book is about her, so her husband is French and she's American and they. And his name's Philippe, which sounds so romantic, doesn't it? I know. So this book, it's not only just like, it actually is entertaining. It's not just like Mm -hmm. rules. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so they are, so they live in America until their kids are four and two or three and five-ish. And then they decide they're going to go back to where her husband is from and spend a year in France. And so they go there and um, Karen Mm -hmm. is like, wow, my kids eating habits are horrendous. And her own eating habits. And her own. Yeah. Just American eating habits in comparison to French eating habits. Mm -hmm. She is like mind blown. And she's like, okay, I want to research this. So she, she researches it out and decides to go down the path of overhauling her family's eating and this book is for me it was just eye-opening um to see how setting out intentions and just like we've talked about um setting out like routines and rhythms and um, just your family ideas, like how your family is going to run from the start, how it can, like having those assumptions with this is what we're going to do with food, um, creates the ability in your family to have this healthy relationship. Like she went and saw that this is just how French people, this is just what they do. It's enjoyable. They love it. This is just their food culture. And so as a result, they have this amazingly healthy strong relationship and respect for food where in america it's just the assumption it's Mm -hmm. the yeah the path you go down is where you're going to end up so it's Mm -hmm. where you start it's how you set out to be that that we know that right Mm -hmm. how we set out is how we're going to end up so we're going to give you today a breakdown of the French eating rules that she discovered. So these aren't like you go to France and they're like, these are our rules. <laughs> There's like rules posted <laughs> on the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> like these are what she discovered. She calls them French food rules that helped her overhaul her family's eating. Mm-hmm. And to motivate you also with the French approach to food, they're in the developed world. They have the lowest rate of obesity in children mm-hmm. and adults. And if the actual statistics were like significant, particularly significant. in children compared yes. to I'm going to say even North American kids because mm-hmm. she's even, she's from Canada. And mm-hmm. she said it's the same where she was in Canada as it is in the United States. But, um, so that's a huge motivation, right? Totally. Just actual health improves. But the interesting thing about, and I've heard this so many times from many different books, that there's this like paradox in France that people all over the world look at. And it's amazing because they have healthy bodies, healthy relationship with food, but they eat 
a wide variety of things that include delicious, delicious things, things like butter and cream sauces mm-hmm. and dark chocolate and and so it isn't like they're things. just eating vegetables over there exactly. you know they have this really rich repertoire uh-huh. of Ooh, we're gonna go french this episode <laughs> you guys are not gonna like it <laughs> I'm clearly not French, but um, mine's even worse. But anyway, (laughs) but it's really, I don't know. I just, just to kind of motivate you for, I mean, think about having, when you eat your meals, I mean, I talked to so many friends who they eat and they're feeling guilty or whatever, and they're feeling guilty about their kids' stuff. It's just a really nice, healthy approach. And I have been to France and I can testify that their food is amazing. It's amazing. And the people are surprisingly svelte and yes. fit. Like, yes. I was like walking around Paris and I was like, is what lower. is happening? Yes. How are you guys eating baguettes? It was, but but it really is. And it totally, both Felicia and I, this is kind of our approach anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, so it jives really well with our totally. approach to food. Like we both love food. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really important part of the enjoyment of our lives. Yes. So. And I think the underlying thing for the French that why we love this so much is that their underlying thing is to eat slowly and enjoy it. It should be just joyful and not stressful. And the, I mean, you spend so much time eating and you're usually with your family, you should be. And it is like their most blissful thing. They love it. They love this time spent eating. So I think that's like, underlying everything they do with food so their their approach seems well it is a lot more straight lined than the american approach so i feel like the huge difference um is and Carolyn and i kind of thought of this as like the identifier for the two like so the american approach and the french approach is that in america we have this stronghold on like freedom and choice and um independence and autonomy which are good qualities we've talked about those things in our podcast all great things but when it comes to food it gets so tricky with our kids to be like be independent eat whatever you want because (laughs) but not (laughs) potato chips all the time right you know it's a hard hard line like it's a hard thing to figure out and they don't have that they haven't quite they don't have that ingrained um healthy relationship with food quite yet like we Mm -hmm. have to teach them that that's why we're their parents Mm -hmm. and that's what the french do so well is to teach their kids that healthy relationship but the cool thing is it's not through forcing them in any way it's through the set out it's through guidance it's through routines and rhythms that they just know that's just how they do it Mm -hmm. okay so let's get into it French food rule number one, and this is what we're kind of talking about. You are in charge of your children's and your food education. So what that means is um, not just letting it be willy-nilly, you choose whatever you want. You want Lucky Charms at nine and then some toast at 10 and then an apple at eight or 11. <laughs> not going in order here. Parents plan <laughs> meal time. And, and then time traveling. And <laughs> going back in time. Parents plan meal time and the menu, and kids eat what adults eat. No substitutes, no short order cooking. So again, this is ingrained from birth for in the French culture. So it might be tricky if you've kind of already gone down this path where your kids kind of choose whenever they want to eat and just go to the pantry and pick out granola bars, bars all the time or whatever, 
or you make a meal but then i don't like this make me mac and cheese so then you make mac and cheese like once you go down we all know Mm -hmm. with every parenting thing you go down the slippery slope Mm -hmm. and you find yourself somewhere else so with Mm -hmm. all these rules that we're telling you we're going to give you a way to implement that isn't like okay now we're doing all these things we're forcing them Mm -hmm. so just keep that in mind we're going to give kind of how Mm -hmm. she went down the path Mm -hmm. so note these things and then we'll implement (laughs) Mm -hmm. and as something to kind of remember with all of these concepts is uh, felicia used the word habit and and food culture both of those two words imply to me time Mm -hmm. not a power struggle necessarily overnight so this is we're changing the way we're viewing things and then we're making changes in our family culture and making things into habit. The beautiful thing about habit, we know from psychology, habit actually doesn't require a lot of willpower, willpower once you get the yeah. habit, right? So so just keep that in mind as you're thinking about these things. It's just it's just part of it. Sorry, technical difficulties here with the <laughs> the text messages. They have a mind of their own. Okay, so the key, and we love this because in the book, multiple times they mention the word authoritative. So we love it because we just talked about this. Mm-hmm. So it's not controlling and it's also not indulgent. So you are, again, the author. You're guiding them down this path to a healthy food relationship. So you create your plan and you let your kids absorb that through routine. Um, eating should be so routine that kids don't think to negotiate. So when I heard this in the book, Karen was saying, you know, I, so she shared this experience of she um, was like doing a little, she decided to help out at the school and she did like a cultural faux pas and she brought food at a time when it wasn't an eating time in France. And she was just like, everyone was like, oh no, like my kids and the kids were even like, oh, this isn't like an eating time. I'm not, you know, like they were all, so basically it was ingrained in them because they had been taught, like this is not a time that we eat. So when she was bringing this up in the book that they don't even need, the kids don't even think to negotiate around these things because it has been like this since birth. This Mm -hmm. is when we eat. This is Mm -hmm. when we don't eat. And I loved it. And I'm like highlighting and starring. This is totally like Kim John Payne's governor stage idea so or during this time in early childhood really we're making most of the decisions to help them down this healthy path and if we aren't setting up that guidance in that early stage then you're going to get in that gardener stage like we talked about and you're going to have all these weeds to pull Mm -hmm. so setting it up early Mm -hmm. and then you can be a governor in the governor stage and still foster independence with the things we have talked about so if you need to go back to our episode about fostering independence then feel free to visit that but you can still foster independence which we all value so much Mm -hmm. while still setting really healthy boundaries at the governor stage when our kids are little we are we're making this thing around food this is where we're eating this is when we're eating yep exactly so french rule number two is to avoid emotional eating and i'm sure i don't know 90 percent of us this really rings true with But the concept that food is not a pacifier, it's not a distraction, it's not, oh, no, this is getting hard, guys, not a toy, (laughs) not, this is getting harder, not a bribe, a reward, or a substitute for discipline. So how food is so easy to be like, you're bored, 
here's some food, Mm -hmm. you know, sit still a little longer on Mm -hmm. this chair. Here's some goldfish crackers. Mm -hmm. Or if you do this, then you can have this. I think if even in classroom settings, I mean, how common is like, if you guys behave well, then you get a candy bar at the end. Yes. It's so part of our culture. Yes. And I think it's a really important thing. I love, love, love the idea that food isn't a reward. She actually says over and over that the food is for nutrition and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Both are really important, mm-hmm. but it's not a reward. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is super important for our kids. First of all, for them not to think that when I do something well, the only way to reward myself is to eat ice cream, right? Mm-hmm. But even more important for me is the concept of emotional eating. When we're feeling, and we've talked about this a lot, feeling your feelings, right? If you're feeling a negative feeling, it goes against oftentimes our what we want to do. We don't want to lean into that feeling and actually mm-hmm. feel it. And food is an excellent numbing strategy, particularly mm-hmm. high processed, high salty, or high sugar foods. Mm-hmm. It, you know, lights up parts of our brain and then we're programming ourselves over and over. And for me, it's way important. I, I don't want my kids, they're sad, and I give them a sucker. Like mm-hmm. that, because when you're an adult, how many adults can no have doubt. that problem, right? Yep, totally. They're sad, so what do they do? They go to McDonald's because they're sad. And I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to to this who feel that way. Mm-hmm. So they're, we're going to talk about, and we're going to really develop this next episode. But just so you know, there's totally a way out. Mm-hmm. And... The beautiful thing is once you set your own boundaries, the tricky thing is you're going to start feeling your feelings more, but that's also the blessing of it Mm -hmm. because it's going to allow you to actually process your emotions, which allows you to live life in such, Mm -hmm. such a better way, which Mm -hmm. I really, really love. Um, So some tips she gives in the book is to say things like um, to help. So, you know, specifically with emotional eating is there's like this concept of like eating till you're full, like Mm -hmm. really stuffed. Mm -hmm. And so um, she recommends instead of saying at the end of a meal, are you full? She recommends saying, are you still hungry? Like listening to your Mm -hmm. body's cues. So it's Mm -hmm. not an emotional thing. It's actually you're tuning into your body. Mm -hmm. And um, I like to say in my own family, we say, are you satisfied? Mm -hmm. Which is totally different than are you full? Yeah. Uh, And then she also says in the book that one of the, French uh, phrases that they say is opposition to food can't persist when there isn't any opponent. So you're actually, although we're setting boundaries about mealtime, our goal as parents is not to actually force feed anybody or tell somebody to, and I mean, I've read this in so many baby books, the concept that we like make a kid take five more bites, even when they don't want to, Mm -hmm. what are we teaching them? Mm -hmm. You're full. How many, how many adults do you have to say, take five more bites, right? So we like teach our kids, stuff yourself, stuff yourself, take five more bites because I don't think you ate enough. And then all of a sudden they become adults and everybody's like, take less bites. And it's very, I mean, why are we even making them override their own hunger cues by asking them to take more bites? So if you just take out, if you just kind of say, I'm setting these boundaries and here I am, here we are at the table, but at the table, then you're not an opponent Mm -hmm. anymore. Exactly. The power power struggle is gone. Yeah. Yeah, Because how that is... Not fun. And I'm sure a lot of you feel this. Like, go to sit down for dinner. It's like, all right, going into battle. Like, oh, stretch out. <laughs> you know, I just prepared this meal and I'm going to have to battle everyone about it. So we don't want that. Okay, French food rule number three. And the, all these rules. So I feel like that number two, avoiding emotional eating, all those things, not being a pacifier distraction. More of these tips are going to help you with that mm-hmm. rule. Yeah. They all connect. Mm -hmm. So the next one, eat on schedule, huge. So 
We're not skip. So in France, they eat three square, good sit down slow meals every single day. And kids also do, they call it the guater. <laughs> it doesn't sound like that in French. <laughs> I call our snack that in our house though, because when I read this with Cohen, I loved it. It was so, you've got to just listen to it in the right way to say it in French. It's such a cute word. Um, and then the kids have a guater, which is a snack. Okay, so for us, a snack is like throw half a granola bar down your throat while you're in the car seat. For them, a snack is like sit down. We have like a good bread with butter and like a pear. Like it's like an actual, she actually calls it four square meals for kids. Mm -hmm. That's what she mm -hmm. says. So like technically it's a quote snack, but I, I'm sure the French don't like that word. And they eat dinner <laughs> later. later. Yep. So Felicia and I have talked about this. For us with our kids, we eat breakfast, lunch, and then we do like a mid-afternoon mm -hmm. snack. Like we don't wait till 4.30 like they do because we eat earlier than they do. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's important to kind of just look at your own family and see what works. Right. But she also says um, for adults, she's like, most adults don't snack. No snacks. Cause, yeah. Which goes against, I know a lot of you out there are saying like, well, what about the eat every two hours thing? Mm -hmm. And this is just another way to look at it. Yeah. I have found in my own life that I enjoy my food better when I'm actually more hungry. Yeah. Like I'm actually ready to eat instead of just like stuffing food, food down my face because it's, it's been two hours. Right. Totally. Um, so I think that's really important. And I love this actually, for me of all the things besides obviously the concept of enjoying your food, this is huge for me not letting my kids graze. Yes. And she gives a few really great tips to say things to your kids when they say, because you may be like, well, what about hunger cues? Aren't we supposed to be listening to our hunger cues? Which we are. I'm not saying I'm promoting starving ourselves or mm -hmm. our children mm -hmm. because that leads to very unhealthy relationships with food and eating disorders. Yes. I'm saying before a meal, it's okay to feel hungry before you eat the meal, mm -hmm. right? You don't have to be like, I'm full and now it's dinner time, so I'm gonna, yes. gonna keep eating. Our bodies actually take time to digest and it's nice yes. if our stomachs are empty when we're actually gonna eat our next meal. So for me, my kids rarely say it except for before dinner. And they'll say about, usually about 45 minutes before dinner. They'll start saying, I'm hungry. And they start getting the graze mode on, mm -hmm. you know, like they're like, mm -hmm. kind of like fishing Little about, <laughs> like, yeah. like, what can I find? Mm -hmm. And I just have to remind them. She actually says this statement. I'm going to start using this statement because I think it's better than what I say. Um, she says, oh, you're hungry. That is wonderful. You are really going to appreciate mm -hmm. dinner. We are having, and then she says what they're having. We're going to be having salmon and asparagus. Mm -hmm. And so they can actually start looking forward to it. So they're actually turning that hunger cue into a positive thing. Totally. Which I is love that. Excellent. So again, mm -hmm. we're not starving our kids. We're not overriding these mm -hmm. hunger cues, but it's okay to feel <clears throat> the feeling of hunger before you actually eat a meal. Yeah. And her, I love this, her mother-in-law, I think it was, that says that would say hunger is the best seasoning. Oh, yeah. maybe that's a French yes, thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. Hunger is the best seasoning. Uh -huh. Everything tastes better when you're actually not starving, mm -hmm. actually hungry yeah. for a meal. And we all know that when you've gone <clears throat> to the two starving point, which I think people who do a lot of diets feel this, mm -hmm. it's way difficult then to even pay attention to your um, fullness cues yeah. because you're eating so fast because you're so hungry. So mm -hmm. we're not... We're not recommending that. Yeah. I have found if you eat three good meals a day, <laughs> you're not really you're not that. starving. You're not to the point where you're like, I'm going to overeat now. Totally. It's just like this nice, like, oh my goodness, I'm so I'm excited. excited to eat this. It's like a, a healthy anticipation. Exactly. Instead of this crazy, I've been depriving myself and now I'm just going to binge on this. Yep. It's a totally different feeling. Yep. 
Okay, French food rule number four, food is social. This is probably, I would say, up there in their most important eating rules. <clears throat> they love reading this book. I mean, I love eating socially. I think most of us do, but the French take it to the next level. They have multiple meals where <clears throat> they'll eat for three or four hours just all talking and enjoying. Um, so I love this rule because I think it brings so much joy to eating. And then, and so this applies directly to our families, right? So hopefully you get to enjoy a lot of meals <clears throat> at home when the ones you can with your full family mm -hmm. and making that just an enjoyable time while you're eating together. And she said in their village that most work days have a two hour lunch so that yes. everybody can go home and eat with their families, I which love I think that. is really sweet. I think we need that in America. And she even said that she's like, the French are like, so saddened when they hear about people just eating by themselves in their yes, cars which is sad i think it's a good i think not eating in your car is an excellent rule just yeah. for your car's sake actually yeah. but for me this one i actually agree that food is social and some of the best connections happen around the table my i don't know i have like a little thing in my mind though i love eating maybe it's just because i have kids yeah but I do love eating by myself mm -hmm. too. Not rushing, stuffing things in my face. But well, like yes, when I first it. had my first baby, guys, I literally would wake up an hour before her, do my stuff. And then I wanted to make sure that I had time to like sit down and eat my meal by myself because I could actually enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just going to put that in there that I think food is definitely social. But mm -hmm. if you're enjoying it by yourself. It's the enjoyment. Then it's the enjoyment that's yep, really important. Exactly. And then... French food rule number five, eat vegetables of all colors of the rainbow, including a wide variety of foods. Don't eat the same main dish more than once a week. So this is something that they, is one of their, it's almost like a cultural identity for them, for the French to like <clears throat> eat, like come up with new things and be very experimental in their eating which is something I love. If that's not your personality, then it's not your personality. But mm -hmm. the thing I really like about it, with particularly with babies and toddlers, is it eliminates, for the most part, that, um, what's it called? The phobia, the fear of trying new foods and new things that a lot of toddlers get. So I read this book when my first was a baby. And so I have three, and Sunny's just approaching that age, but I can say so far, I have never had a moment of a kid being scared slash not at least being willing to try new food ever. And I think that this rule being just assuming that everyone is just going to try everything new, like not even subconsciously having that like, oh, but this is a spicy food or this is a really different food or it's kind of weird looking, eliminating that. So out of your mind so just we're going to eat a variety of all sorts of different things i think it creates a kid who will try things mm -hmm. and felicia is excellent at this she she cooks a I wide see. variety of food <laughs> i think we all i find with myself i get in a rut and i just cook the same things over and over but felicia is so good at actually introducing a lot of different flavors and her kids are i mean she truly lives this really well i mean her kids have a very varied palate and I actually love it because they totally inspire, this is going back to it being social. Right. But social, yeah. my boy who's um, her five-year-old's age, they're both, you know, they're like little baby friends and they love so each other. Cute. It's so cute because when Cohen eats a, like a salad and loves it and it's a new salad, then mine is like, 
oh my heavens, I uh, love this salad too. It's so cute. Even though he's never yes. tried it. So there's this social component there, yes. which is really nice. Which she talks about in the book, how when you go to France, you see like the older kids encouraging the little kids to try new stuff. So having that in your home where your older ones like, this is so this whatever you're eating octopus mm, i like it. i'm just gonna try it it's new it totally influences yeah the younger kids positive peer pressure exactly Love it. okay we're gonna take a break and come back with a few more french food rules When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so French food rule number six is you don't have to like it, but you do have to try it. Keep trying new things and be fun and experimental. So, and I, I'm actually just going to amend this a little bit after reading the book and applying it to Felicia and I's own life. I would say, and what I actually do say in my own home is you don't have to like it, but I ask you to try it. Because um, in French Kids Eat Everything, she does focus on over and over and over that you cannot force food into a yes. kid's mouth. Yep. Once it becomes a power struggle, something like you have to, then then you have to have a consequence for if they don't and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and then it takes away all the enjoyment of food. Yes. So, so, so that's what I tell my kids every single time. I say literally, we, I probably say it every meal, maybe, mm-hmm. nah, maybe, maybe two or three times a week mm-hmm. where I'll say, I don't ask you to eat it all. And I don't ask you to like it, but I do ask you to try it. And that's all I ask. And I, and I even say sometimes, they're like, I'll be like, I won't force you, mm-hmm. but I am asking you. Yeah. So anyway. And I think that um, emphasis on being, focusing on fun with food and experimenting and if your kids like to help you cook and just, if you start out with that variety as kids, um, saying, you know, you don't have to like it, but you know, you do, I want you to try it or whatever. My kids always try it. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not, fo- mm-hmm. I'm not like over there mm-hmm. with this being like, try this, mm-hmm. <laughs> like put it in their mouth. They will just always at least try it. Mm-hmm. And, so, it's, and it's kind of fun for them to, once they get that, the concept of novelty is actually yeah. really exciting. Yes. So once you can kind of open up their minds to it, mm-hmm. like in fact, my two-year-old, yet just yesterday I had made this, it was like, I cut up all these like summer vegetables and put lime on them because mm-hmm. one of Felicia's friends taught me it. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. Anyway, lime and salt. And he like picked it up and you could tell he to him it was like, this is something new. Yeah. And he looks around like, is everybody watching this? And he put it in his mouth. And to him it was like, this is awesome because it's new. Yes. I'm trying it. And I know that people love it when I try. You yes, know what I mean? Like this totally. is like a positive. And so, you know, all of his siblings were like, yay. You yeah. Know? It was cute. But That's really cute. Yeah, totally. So she gives a few really great examples of things to say when, when, your, kids, when your kids are trying something new or when you're putting things in front of them that are new and they're like, eh, I don't want it. Um, she'll say something like, you don't like it, but that's okay. That's because you haven't tasted enough times. 
maybe next time you'll like it. Mm -hmm. Because we know from research that it takes, well, we've actually read a bunch of different research, Mm -hmm. but really anywhere from seven to 21 is the most I've ever read. Mm -hmm. But either way, a lot of times for us to like something after we've tried it. So that that applies to you adults. If you don't like avocados. So guys, I didn't like avocados five years ago. So that means I had gone my whole life not liking avocados. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was like, I'm just going to apply. I'm just going to keep trying, trying them. Yeah. And guess what? I'm like obsessed with avocados now. Like yeah. I love avocados. Yeah. So you, even you adults out there, you can change your taste buds. Mm-hmm. Just keep putting them in. So mm-hmm. anyway, so you can just say, you don't like it. That's okay. You just haven't tried enough times. Maybe another time. Mm-hmm. And another thing she loves, this one I think is brilliant to say. You can say, if your kid doesn't like something, you can say, that's okay. You'll like it when you're more grown up. Because there are some more grown-up tastes, yes. but then you're applying this. You know how kids are with like oh, grown-up things. Totally. Yep. Like my uh, eight-year-old, she is like so proud of herself that she likes like blue cheese uh-huh. and those kinds of things. Grown-up tastes. Yeah. yeah. To her, it's like a oh yeah, like uh-huh. I yeah, I'm so mature with <laughs> my so taste buds, <laughs> you know. And then the last thing is, and we've mentioned this before, she's about being hungry, but it's okay to say, oh yeah, you're hungry. Let's. That's fine. You're going to love love your mm-hmm. dinner. So those are just a few things you can kind of try out in your home. You're not forcing anything. You're totally allowing kids to not like foods. Uh-huh. There's no pressuring like, I made this for you and you will eat it no matter what. Yes. You just take the, we've talked a lot about the feeling of being, the concept of being unruffled on the inside. You're just presenting things to them and you're enjoying it and you're modeling to them that you're enjoying food. Yep. But... You have these kind of tools now you can say, it's okay, you don't like it, and you just move on. In fact, in, in this book, she I love it because she says the parents that she observed will introduce something, and if their kids don't like it, yeah, they may say like, oh, that's, you know, you don't like it, and they just turn and keep enjoying their own food. Like, uh-huh. it's not even a big deal. Yep. It's just... She keeps saying, she says like serene indifference. Like, mm-hmm. they assume one day their kid's going to like that food. It's not like... Mm-hmm. It's not a problem that yeah, they don't like it. Yeah, it's not a problem. Yep. In fact, I actually think we've talked about this even with tantrums. As soon as we can shift our mindset that this isn't a problem, mm-hmm. this is just part of being children, that they right. turn up their nose at some foods and they, but you just assume that it's fine. Yep. It totally, totally. changes your whole mindset and your energy and how yep. you're approaching it and your kids are going to relax, mm-hmm. you know? It's really nice. Agreed. Okay. French food rule number seven. Um is limit snacks. I would say this food roll is the um, most like American problem. The biggest problem in America (laughs) is the snacking. So the grazing, I like to call it grazing grazing, where you just see, you know, a two year old just go by and grab a thing of Cheerios on their way to the toy room. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Granola bar out the door. Um, So in French culture, they adults really don't snack. (laughs) <laughs> at all and she's like some you know some maybe maybe one snack a day but mostly just adults don't snack and kids um have their one daily snack which um she so the word snack isn't applied as well they have a different word and i tried to say it earlier i won't hurt your ears again because um, we actually do have a few French listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about yeah. that. They're probably like, wow. Uh, <laughs> you guys can send us in how to say snack. Yeah. It's like goûter or something. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll dub it over with your. <laughs> um, and they do this one. But it's like, like we said earlier, it's a very like whole. It's not like a granola bar. It's like 
bread with butter and fruit or which tastes better than way a granola better. bar way Let's better be yeah and they're always sitting it's not like a in the car little you know squeezy pack or whatever and then they they don't snack within i think uh, it's two hours of their meals ish is mm-hmm. what they try to have that snack be before two hours of their dinner or something like that so you're saying it's not great to let your kids snack like 20 minutes before <laughs> dinner my kids As always want to yeah that's their hungriest yeah, time totally so their whole their whole concept is so we've talked about like the routine of meal time so it's like we have breakfast we have lunch and we have dinner and it's okay to be hungry in between those times and when you're if you focus with snacks on not... Okay, so here's a frightening stat. So that's the French snacking. Americans typically snack three to six times per day. So there's so many things just about snacking that aren't good. So it's not good for your teeth to snack. It Snacking and eating all day causes like more like cavities and gum disease and all of that than like candy and pop it's not about like the thing it's like just about constantly eating um Mm -hmm. it obviously ruins your meals so of course if your kids are eating like a huge snack an hour before dinner of course they're not going to want to try new things they're not even hungry so why Mm -hmm. we all know how it feels when we're not hungry Mm -hmm. nothing sounds good it's so true um it encourages like impatience so she talks a lot about how the kids in france are like they'll just sit at the table till everyone is served before they'll try something they're not like mom 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 i need this you know it encourages waiting and that honing Mm -hmm. that skill of delayed gratification Mm -hmm. and impulse control is huge in your ability Mm -hmm. your happiness later in life so that's a really important skill to learn totally um and then of course the emotional connection with food so snacking is almost never related to like I'm actually like hungry, hungry. It's more, I'm bored. It's a reward or punishment, mm-hmm. numbing yeah. out something. <laughs> Everybody knows the feeling of I'm bored, so let's go <laughs> yes. rustle around in the pantry, scavenge <laughs> yeah. for things. Totally. <laughs> so all those reasons, snacking isn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the positive. So when she was talking about this, I'm like, yes, this is amazing. So not snacking saves, I mean, just the fuss of even worrying about having snacks Mm -hmm. prepping them cleaning them up bringing them even thinking about them Mm -hmm. really packing giant loads of things everywhere you go every time saves your car and your strollers from mess Mm -hmm. your kids begging for snacks and always wanting to eat everywhere you go so there's so many benefits but i think the number one thing is you take that time to cook food we've all felt this and then nobody eats it Mm -hmm. but hopefully with as you adjust to less snacking your kids will actually be eating the food Mm -hmm. you cook which and you'll be turning your food time into connection time instead of as we're transitioning time you know what i mean totally and she gives a few really great tips about snacks i i just always have chosen my kids snacks which is great too Mm -hmm. like they've never complained about it but she actually said if your kids are having a hard time with it one great idea to do if you're gonna have just like the one afternoon snack and that's it Mm -hmm. you can say something like okay guys so i really want to turn our food time into connection time so that means when we sit down for a meal i really want you guys to be hungry for that Mm -hmm. meal so we can eat breakfast together and you know if they're at school then we'll eat dinner together and then we'll have the snack together Mm -hmm. and i want you guys to help me plan the snacks so she actually let her 
And this was the thing she was the most worried about with her kids because they were like, yeah, eating in the car all the time Mm -hmm. and they'd whine for food all the time. And she said, I love this plan. She let them when she was first transitioning here. So this is a good tip. She let them help plan the snacks. And what the rules were for planning them, you had to variate between, you know, one day a vegetable, one day a fruit, Mm -hmm. one day a sweet treat of some Mm -hmm. kind. So and chocolate once a week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so you could just go. Just kind of go in that order, yeah. a fruit, a veggie, and a she- and I also love the idea, and I've read this so many times. I have a great cookbook that talks about fruit as dessert. Like uh-huh. if you present fruit, fruit tastes like a treat if you totally. eat it as a treat. Like it's mm-hmm. so delicious. Um, but I kind of like that. So then so then they're actually looking forward to it. So they're going to come home from school, and they're like, I know in my mind that I get mm-hmm. carrots today. Mm-hmm. Or I know in my mind today we're doing she said, ooh, this sounds so good. They put dark chocolate in a fresh baked baguette. Oh, Doesn't yeah. that sound so good? Oh, my gosh, yes. Anyway, All but so it doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to be like it can be enjoyable and healthy or mm-hmm. just enjoyable. And, you know, you can have a totally. – the key is variety and the enjoyment of it. Yes. So that's a good tip, too. If you're trying to transition into that, give your kids a little bit of – help in the planning of it and see yeah. how that goes. And, it, yeah, it doesn't have to be a lot of work. Yep. The thing I love in her story in the book – she says this was the thing she was most worried about transitioning and her kids had no problem with yeah, it Yeah, no at problem. All. She's like one day and they didn't even notice. <laughs> they were good. Yeah. And something I love to do if, so my kids are pretty good at, um, like we've kind of been on this schedule so they don't often ask for stuff outside of it. But the exception is a lot of times if we go to somewhere that, so like if we go and run errands and we go to the store and there's, Mm-hmm. yummy things all around that mm-hmm. they can see mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like mm, I want this and this so if it's not so sometimes because <clears throat> let's be honest we're out on the go right so if we're on errands and it's during that snack time then I'll find like do I have time is there a little like table outside or inside the store mm-hmm. and you pick your thing and then we go sit and like have the snack and enjoy it or at the park or somewhere so you're still it's not like eliminating like you just have to sit home all day and eat slowly. Yes. You know? So yeah. it's like, we'll take that time. Like, okay, this is snack time while we're at the park. Sit down and instead of like running through the playground with your granola bar type thing. Yes. Um, and then also, so say it's right before lunch at 1130 and they're like, I want this thing. It sounds so good. Like a cookie. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. My kids don't have annoying voices. They have cute voices. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes when they want stuff a lot, it's annoying voice. Um, so I'll say, oh, that's perfect to save for your snack when I'm at the store sometimes. Oh, that's perfect to yeah. get for your snack at four or whatever, yes, what time uh-huh. we're doing. So we'll save it or if we're making a treat. Yes, we'll have some of it at snack mm-hmm. time. So it's like the giving, granting them their want in the future. It almost mm-hmm. works just as well as right now most yes. of the time. And Gretchen Rubin from The Happiness Project says that research shows that anticipation actually improves like ups our ability to feel mm, happiness mm-hmm. so you're not only it's giving true. them delayed gratification but you're also giving them anticipation for something pleasant it's true so look i'm gonna put this yummy thing that you just chose mm-hmm. in the picnic basket and we're gonna be eating it later mm-hmm. so you're actually just adding to happiness levels felicia there you go yes. brilliant gold star <laughs> so yes gold star for you uh rule number eight is take time for cooking and eating so this is Kind of, I think, hard for a lot of us Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just Americans. Let's be honest. For all of us living in the modern world. Right. So this is kind of the con- all these things we've talked about are leading up to this to actually connecting at mealtime. 
And I know that a lot of you are thinking you're going through your schedules and you're like, what? Mm -hmm. Actually take time to cook and eat together. But, and I I mean, we don't have to review all the statistics because I'm sure you guys have all heard them. But you guys know that, I mean, we're talking things like emotional intelligence, resilience. Even I've read research about kids and they're doing like damaging behaviors, risky behaviors Mm -hmm. go way down. Even their GPA and IQ is connected to spending time as a family eating. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to tell you what it has to be for you and your family. Really just asking, like, look at your schedule. How is there a way? I think for most people, there is a way to make so that you can most of the time sit down and eat together when Mm -hmm. you can. And, you know, sometimes it takes some planning. It might be at the beginning of the week, you're looking at it. And it's like, okay, guys, we're going to eat. At, we're going to eat a little bit different time because we do want to eat all together. Mm-hmm. And that's when our oldest is going to be getting home or whenever. But I think it's worth the effort. So you may be hearing this. I actually was just talking to a friend and she was saying, well, who has time to eat like French eat? I mean, because they spend, so they spend twice as much. So the statistics are French eat for two hours a day and cook for 48 minutes a day on average. And Americans eat for one hour a day and cook for 30 minutes a day. So if you look at that, they're spending twice the amount of time sitting, eating Mm -hmm. as us. But they're only actually spending 18 more minutes cooking. Yeah. So it isn't like you have to spend three hours producing this like amazing, crazy meal. Yes. A good place to start is just try preparing a meal. Yeah. And sitting down and eating yes, together. Sitting. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever it is. It can be yep. very simple. And I've also found if you have little kids at home, little kids love to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a little it's harder, harder sometimes. But... but now with my older kids, they actually, like I love it. We get together for breakfast and like my eight-year-old will make pancakes. Like literally mm-hmm. she makes she makes the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We have Kodiak cakes if you ever had them. Maybe I'll put a link in for yeah. them because they're so good. <laughs> anyway, and my other, you know, my 10-year-old daughter will cut up fruit. I mean, mm-hmm. like so it's, they actually become very helpful. Yeah. And it is this fun bonding time. And then the younger boys are like, you know, tasting the watermelon. Is it good? Mm-hmm. And it adds to connection. So consider totally. involving your kids in Eating. And I think they can totally okay. do stuff. And we talked about this on the independence. When we were talking about independence, but I think they can do a lot more than we think they can. Mm-hmm. Like if we allow them, my boys both chop up. Like when I'm making dinner, most things for me with mm-hmm. like they can now chop with real mm-hmm. knives. Mm-hmm. You know, they're little and they, chefs. They took an interest in it and they liked it. So some kids aren't going to, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of times just like um giving them opening it up not like involving them and thinking about them while you're doing these tasks because i think a lot of times we're just like oh they're little they're just going to make it harder but i think it creates that connection and then the interest in food will grow when they're preparing it like Mm -hmm. maybe like the other night my three-year-old was cutting up the mushrooms cutting up mushrooms for me and i think mushrooms for kids are maybe a little of a different food Mm -hmm. but i mean there was no question he wanted to eat them because he helped prep them you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah he had kind of a pride in it yeah totally and i've actually seen cohen told me the other day he's like i am really safe with chopping oh yeah it was so cute like you can tell it's like a pride thing for him like i know how to do this i've Mm -hmm. been taught how to do it Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying you have to involve your kids in every single thing you ever make no but just there are, it, it can be a really fun thing. Yes. And this also goes into chores. If you have, like I just have every other week, 
um, it switches who sets the table. Mm. So it's taking off a load off of me. Totally. But again, you're adding like ownership to the concept that we are all making an effort to make our dinner together pleasant. So, you know, they totally. get to choose the way the place settings look. And my daughter even has made these little like, she put them like laminated them and they're like our names oh, that she's cute. written and she, cause she I likes to, that. whoever says the table gets to control where people sit, oh, which my oof, kids the like, power. like they love the power. <laughs> so she like, we'll set it out. It sounds like a lot of work, but it really isn't. I mean, yeah. it takes her two minutes. Yeah, you know? totally. Anyway. So, so that's a fun thing to do, but this is, yeah. So in the, in the book, Karen talks about Karen, my friend. <laughs> I've read this book like four times. So I feel like I know her. Um, she talks about um, making a mousse, a chocolate mousse, which is like her girl's favorite dessert. And she's like, I used to make the mousse. And it sound, I was like, that's me making a mousse. <laughs> Where I'm like whipping the eggs with one hand and shoving the chocolate in the microwave to melt with the other hand and trying to do everything at once. And she's cracking the eggs really fast. And so then she has to dig the shells out and blah, blah, blah. So she's like, I decided after they had mastered like the snack, getting rid of snacks and like trying new things, she decided to do a slow eating um, like challenge where they were going to really slow down in cooking and enjoying their meals like the French do. And so she timed herself cooking or making a mousse how she makes it. And then she attempted to make it how the French make it, which is, you know, you you're whipping the eggs and you're not leaving the eggs until they're perfectly how you want them. And then you set them to chill and then you melt the chocolate slowly and watch it the whole time it's melting. You don't take your eyes off. You know, it's like everything you're giving your full undivided attention mm -hmm. and then combining it all. And it took her 10 minutes to make her crunchy egg mousse, she says, and 13 minutes to make her mousse that was like, her husband was like, this is literally 100 times better. You know, mm -hmm. like this is so good. Mm -hmm. Three extra minutes. So I think a lot of times we think, eating slowly and all that takes so much more time i don't have time like i just want to give them a snack in the car but but then you think about and you're cleaning out the car seat and then you're mm -hmm. i don't think it actually takes that much more time i think it's our perception of it a lot of mm -hmm. the time and slow eating i didn't even know until a little while ago that slow eating is actually like a movement you can google yeah. slow eating yeah it is it's like a thing across the world yeah of let's Enjoy. try not to eat stuffed food into our face so fast yeah, totally slow it down and actually enjoy it because you're actually going to enjoy the whole thing way better yep so rule number nine is eat mostly real homemade food and save treats for special occasions so i think the emphasis for that is on cooking like taking the time to make real food and then also on so in in france they would like go through our group like the American grocery stores, they say does they really don't have much real food. <laughs> so like kind of trying to limit those processed microwavable type things mm -hmm. for your kids. Mm -hmm. um, and then number 10, eating is joyful, not stressful. Cooking should be performed as an act of love and delight and it should mostly renew you. And probably as a mom, most of us are like, renew, mm -hmm. like from that 4 to 6 p.m. when you're mm -hmm. cooking is like, you know, everyone mm -hmm. calls it the witching hour. You have your own name for it. Mm -hmm. But after reading this book, I was like, no, I'm going to like turn on some music or a book and enjoy this time. And just like anything, if we set the expectation, if our kids see us enjoying that time, I think they lay off a little bit and they're like, that's what mom's doing right now. Mm -hmm. And I can help or not, but I think they get used to the flow of it not like you're like flying around the kitchen in a hot mess mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> you know they get they get it 
Okay, so Karen, her, I just wanted to share this with you guys because I thought it was, sometimes it's overwhelming, like all these things, like 10 things like to change or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what she did when she had established thought of these rules is she wrote out just like a little chart and put on one side like our goal so what we we want to do so you know one snack a day um eat as a family you know you choose your things that maybe within these lists you think could help make your family's eating habits better and then what needs to change so then on the other side of like snacking she put stop eating in the car um you know put treats out of reach of them or whatever they are and kind of broke down her list and then she chose she deliberately so she started out just trying to be like forcing it Mm -hmm. so she started out like these Mm -hmm. are the rules they're on the fridge this is what we're doing and it wasn't pleasant so she then about halfway through the book she um put like the enjoyable making food enjoyable and positive first so having fun experimenting and cooking together whatever the ones were that were like okay i can see how my kids will like doing this more Mm -hmm. easy Mm -hmm. and then she worked her way into the harder stuff like the snacks and stuff towards the end Mm -hmm. and i just love that because i feel like it's a very concrete way it's easy to just be like i I mean it's hard to just see limit snacks and then you're like what does that even mean Mm -hmm. but i like writing out what actually needs to change in our family so that we can limit snacks. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be your try this or not. If there's any of these tips that you think will help your family um, with your eating habits, look at them, write them down, and then figure out what you'd want to change to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Love it. All right, let's find the magic. Okay, everybody, I have another Terlin postscript today, and I just have a little exercise you can try with your kids to really help them become present with their food. It's a technique I actually learned originally with meditation, where you take a minute to get present in your own body before you meditate. You know, you focus on what you're seeing behind your eyelids what you're smelling what you're hearing and what you're feeling with your skin and it kind of just brings you into the present moment well you can also use this for eating and in the book french kids eat everything she says they do it in french schools when kids are really young um, even as young as like two years old and it's a really fun activity to do with your kids so what you do is you before you eat anything so let's say you sat down for a snack and you have carrots in front of you you have your kids use all of their senses to describe what they're seeing so so for example with the carrot you'd say what color is this carrot and is it hard or is it soft have them feel it you can have them smell it and tell you what it smells like and then so you you know you've used eyes you've used touch and smell and then when they bite it i ask my kids what sound do you hear is it crunchy is it soft is it kind of like a squishy sound and then lastly obviously then you tell them yeah you ask them to tell them you what it tastes like and so they're incorporating all five senses and it really helps them gain an appreciation for the food it helps them become present with the food and before they even taste the food the really fun thing about this if you do it with something like dark chocolate my little five-year-old when he does it with dark chocolate is adorable 
what happens is as you do all the senses leading up to actually tasting it, your mouth starts preparing to eat the food. So you can almost feel yourself salivating. And then when you actually taste the chocolate and you put it in your mouth, I swear, guys, it tastes like 50 times better when you kind of prepare to eat it instead of just stuffing it in your face without really thinking about it. Um, So it's a really fun thing to help your kids gain an appreciation for food. And mainly it's a way to be present with food. So often the times we just, the food's in front of us and we just scarf it instead of taking a minute to like actually become present with it. And if you're doing this on your own, obviously it's really fun with kids, but if you do it on your own, I like to do it with myself when I just sit down to eat. I mean, I don't say it out loud. Oh, look, and you know, a white piece of bread. <laughs> I just look at it and I, my favorite thing to do by myself is I just like to smell it first because it really makes a huge difference how it actually tastes to me if I smell it first and take a moment to just like appreciate it. And anyway, let us know if that, try it out with your kids or by yourself and see if it helps you stay present with your food and actually savor it and also gain an appreciation. Also for kids with new things, it really helps them appreciate new things because they're not having it isn't focused on just, are you eating the new thing? It really is focusing on, if okay, maybe you're just going to lick the new thing because you're not ready to eat it yet, but you can at least appreciate it in all the other ways. So yeah, try it out. Let us know how it goes.